What's up, you guys? Um, I thought I'd do a podcast just because I'm in a very good mood, um, which is quite bizarre, actually. Well, not really bizarre. I'm just kind of, like, excited, which, I mean, I don't really know if I've been excited or... Um, it's interesting that today I got a really lovely email. Um, you know, I did my last podcast. I, I, was, I was trying to dissect, you know, um, maybe things that contributed to a poor result. And, like, you can fucking bang your head off a wall to the nth degree. Um, and, and probably what bothers me most is that for, like, someone said to me earlier, um, maybe I'd go to Boston and I'd prove them wrong. And, and it was, um, you know, it was a friend telling me that, like, maybe I'd go to, they, they basically were saying maybe in the build-up to the Olympics I was being lazy or, um, you know, wasn't um, applying myself as much as I usually do or maybe not training enough. And, um, you know, I, 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 didn't, I didn't bite or I didn't spit the dummy out or anything. I was like, you know, fuck, like, for, for four years running has been so simple for me. And, like, you know, if you look back at 2020, you – it's not a lie. I averaged 75 mile a week for 10 weeks. Um, the, the probably six weeks before that, you know, really weren't special because I did that big run over the Mourn Mountains. And then my body was pretty beat up for like five, six weeks. Um, and, you know, I went to that 10K in Down Royal and ran 29, you know, 12 maybe. And that was me pretty much working as hard as I possibly could. Um, so... You know, I, I then for 10 weeks, don't get me wrong, I put in a really big shift, but I average like, yeah, 75 mile a week. And I go to Larne and London and feel fucking incredible, especially in Larne. Like Larne was, Larne was unreal. I just felt fucking class. I felt class in the two weeks that led into Larne. And then on race day, I felt amazing. And then I did struggle for like two weeks and, um, and then, but like at least at London, you know, in, in London, I had the ability to sustain a high effort. So, like, I was able to work hard for a long period of time. And even when I wanted to give up and quit, you know, I obviously didn't. But, like, in the Olympics, like, you know, judge me. Judge me if you want. But, like, it got to the point where I was going backwards. I was struggling. I was pissed off that on the biggest day of all, I felt fucking shite. And my two quads felt like lead at mile eight it fucking felt like lead when the gun went it was mental it was crazy that i couldn't run barely under a five minute mile just to keep up in mile one when like two days ago around the ormond embankment by myself i can do 15 mile and i can run the last like couple of miles sub five minutes and feel fucking incredible um i i just i didn't understand i, I didn't i didn't know how to process it and you know i asked myself internally Normally, I ask myself, like, you know, you're struggling, big lad, but like, you know, what would what would you do in this situation? And I normally go to what would other people predict or suspect you would do in this situation? And let's be honest, who who in Ireland or in Northern Ireland or anyone from this podcast would predict that I would quit? I don't fucking quit. And like. The sad thing is, is that, like, you know, I did. I, I quit. I just, it wasn't going the way I wanted it to. And I, and I fucking packed it in. And I just, it's just so not me. Because, like, 
you know, I've, like, I've literally limped home. When I had a tour squad, oh, for fuck's sake, stupid fucking coffee thing's fucking doing my tits. That's better. I, yeah, sorry, the espresso wasn't coming out of the coffee thing. I literally limped home in London Marathon when, um, I think I just stood in the dog's wee. Did she wee on the floor? Quacker, did you do wee wee on the floor? Come here. <laughs> what a little shy. No, I think it's where ice cubes fall from the fridge. Um, you do wee wees, come on. Thank you. Good girl. Um, yeah, so London March, you do wee wees, come on. Good girl. Look at her. Look at her. So, yeah, London Marathon 2016. Um, torn quad, can't make the Olympics. I'm looking down at like average pace on my watch. I think it took about 13 miles, or more, maybe like 15 miles before the average pace on my watch moved outside of the time that the three other Irish boys had ran, Kevin, Paul, Mick, right? I'm sorry, um, Kevin, Paul, Mick, and Sergio. So finally it moves outside. There's, there's fucking nothing to run for. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody in Ireland even knows that I exist at this point. This is London 2016. Nobody gave a flying fuck. My, my quad is literally torn. Like it bruises. There's about a, 12 inch bruise I get for like the next month and like it's fucked and I have nothing to prove but I finish because I'm a finisher and then I go to Dublin and I'm leading the race at like mile 20 you know I'm up with the front guys up in the front pack run the long mile 20 feeling amazing think to myself holy fuck I could win this thing and then I go up that bloody last hill at like mile 21 or whatever and I fall apart and I go from running 505 maybe leading the race they are now running 630 no joke 630 and and one by one the irish boys start coming past me off the go you know gary o'hanlon catches me passes me and um, sergio catches me passes me and and there's nothing i can do but jog because i'm fucked my body is broken my wee legs are so so fucking tired and i finish it off and i crawl across that fucking line and I tell the organizers later that day, I'll come back and win that. Today showed me I can win that. And, and I, I'm a finisher. And so it's been fucking blowing my mind that I walked to the side of the course in Tokyo. And I was speaking to my parents this morning. And I was like, you know what? Like, I, I just walked to the side of the course. I, I wasn't upset. I wasn't, I wasn't angry at myself. I wasn't disappointed about myself. You know, I, I was content. And I don't know for the last, like, <clears throat> the reason I'm really fucking excited it's because I think for the last December, January, February, March, April, December, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. I think for the last nine months since I started taking the medication, I've just been content, right? And there's nothing wrong with content. There is fucking nothing wrong with being content, right? But do you think anybody on that start line of the Olympics can be successful if in the nine months leading into the Olympic Games, they feel content. And if standing on the start line, they feel content with if the race goes bad, I still feel content. If the race goes well, well, you know, that's pretty cool too. It doesn't fucking work like that. And I'm sorry for swearing. I'm kind of worked up today because I'm, I'm genuinely quite excited. I'm also quite excited because I'm around day six, having stopped taking the medication. And like, finally, like, I still get like little... You know, I got this email and I will go on to explain that. But wait, anytime you come off pretty strong medication, you know, if you just Google search side effects of duloxetine or, 
you Google search reviews of duloxetine. And you know, I did at the time, at the time when I was going to start taking this medication, I, I searched these things and I was like, you know, nah, that won't happen to me. And these nightmares they talk about and not being able to sleep, insomnia, nah, not my body. And at the end of the day, like, did they do a job? They did a job. They made me pretty content. They made me pretty relaxed in life. They made me, you know, skip probably a few double runs because I just felt pretty content with how my day had gone. And did they strip away? The really interesting thing is I get this email and this email was from a lovely lady and she opened up to me about her experience with duloxetine and, and how, um, you know, that it, it gave me shivers reading her email. And she said that she got shivers listening to my podcast because I spoke the way she felt where you just don't have the same hunger. You don't have the same drive. You give up easily. Um, and, and it's that content feeling that can fuck you up. About two months into taking the duloxetine, I wanted to stop. You know, I threatened to stop. I, I, you know, I asked my doctor, could I stop? I spoke to the psychiatrist and said, should I stop? And, um, you know, I, life's, life's kind of a funny one. Like, remember that, like, we don't, we don't always get things right. We don't always get things perfect. And probably, probably what makes me most proud of my personal journey and experiences is that, like, I'm not perfect. You know, I, I wasn't a great runner when I was a kid. I kind of got pretty good and then I, I decided to party a lot and so I struggled again. And I've always kind of gone through like periods of good and bad. And although I've simplified my life a lot over the last lot of years and so that has led to, you know, much better and more consistent results, it's a constant work in progress. So look, why did I start speaking to a psychiatrist? Because I thought it would help with me being a bit unsettled. I thought it would help with some anxiety. I thought it would mean if I book a six-week camp to Font Rameau, um, I would actually get on the fucking plane and go. I thought if I booked a rental car for six weeks, I would actually use the fucking rental car for six weeks and I wouldn't just fly home three days later. Did it work? Um, if we if we look at it, irrelevant to what went on. Two weeks before the Olympic Games, I withdrew. You know, the tablets are supposed to fucking cut that shit out. And so I don't think they worked. Um, but I got this email and this lady, you know, was saying that she struggled herself. Um, and, you know, now, you know, now since stopping taking duloxetine, um, you know, she's she's ran a, a whole heap of PBs. Um, and that the whole experience had, you know, like been pretty tough. And um, it's it's a really interesting one. I'm excited because six days off them and like uh, this could be a bit placebo or the, the you know, the half life of the tablets could just be starting to leave my system. But I, I slept my first full night's sleep um, fucking start to finish. And again, like I, I document my whole life. So like, you know, jump on Twitter and go find the day that I asked people when was the last time they slept from, you know, a full night's sleep. And, and I, I'd got to the point where I was waking up. I was getting to the point where I was waking up every probably like two hours. And you know, when you used to wake up at like fucking five o'clock in the morning and like, no, I'm going to tell you a better one. You know, when you wake up at like six thirty and your alarm's at seven thirty and you're like, fuck, like I only have an hour. Right. And then there's other days you wake up at four and your alarm's at like eight, and you're like, oh, yes, like four more hours. 
I haven't had that feeling in a year because I wake up at 6.30 and my alarm's at 7.30 and I ask myself, is it acceptable to just get up now because I'm tired tossing and turning and, and trying to sleep? So then I started taking sleeping tablets um, and, you know, they make you feel like absolute garbage. So you wake up the next day and you just you just feel like garbage. I think I went through... I was telling the doctor when I was in Tokyo because they, they didn't want to give me sleeping tablets in Tokyo, but I eventually convinced them that I needed them. And I was telling them I was eating them like wine gums. I think I think I was taking something stupid like 20 milligrams or, yeah, 20 milligrams of um, melatonin at nighttime. And I think the prescribed dose is like two, maybe five. Two to five is what Dr. Alan Rankin told me. And I told him I was putting away four of them, which is like 20 milligrams, just to, 10 was to get me to sleep and the other 10 was to keep me asleep. <laughs> That's so bad. Um, but yeah, it, it, life's a funny old journey and like you are just trying to work things out. And so like, you know, I, fuck it, I failed at the Olympics. Like it doesn't really matter. Like life goes on and, and people kind of forget about it already. So it's kind of like, what's the big deal? But um, it's nice that like, like this week I've just felt a little bit of like par and enthusiasm in my legs again. So like, I don't really give a shit about splits if I'm honest. Like I like when my splits are fast and, and you know, I like when um, the pace looks good and, and things like this, but actually I care a lot more about like body feeling both in terms of um i'll tell you a good one i i did a on thursday there i did a 15 mile effort and i think i averaged like it was 507 but it was basically 505 because the first mile was pretty slow and i ran the last like two or three miles sub five minutes and you know pressed the effort a little bit and felt really good doing that but the reason it was a good day is because i was passing these kids Every lap, it was a four mile circuit and every like, so every four miles I had to pass these little fuckers. And the reason I say little fuckers is because every time I passed them, they were throwing acorns at me. And the reason I know it was a good day is because I was just playing with them. You know, I was pretending I had something in my hand and I was going to throw it at them. And, and then I was telling them that they all like were shit at throwing and like they missed me every time. I think in like four laps, they didn't hit me once. It was kind of quite embarrassing for them. Um, and that's how I knew it was a good day because cause I actually enjoyed it. And even though I put in a pretty solid shift and, you know, cruised along, I expected it to go shit because recently everything's just gone shit. And so when I did the first mile and didn't feel great, I was like, well, oh, for fuck's sake, like it's another one of those days. And I think the reason I thought things were in a good place is because everything I was doing, my heart rate was quite low. But you have to be really careful with heart rate because just because it's low, it's not it's not telling you the full picture. It's telling you today on today's effort, your heart rate was low. But the only reason you get excited by that is because you think to yourself, oh, normally I can average this heart rate in a marathon. And so like if my average heart rate today was 10 beats lower than that and I was running pretty quickly, holy shit, think how fast I'm going to be able to run on race day. And the problem, I guess, I find with the, um, you know, perhaps this was the medication is, is I, I couldn't, <laughs> this is quite funny, I couldn't get the heart rate up. Not that it's quite funny. If you Google side effects of 
And I did not have this issue. But if you Google side effects of antidepressant medication, not getting it up is one of the side effects. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> I'm laughing because luckily I was okay. So, um, but anyway, like it's not that kind of podcast. But look, I couldn't get the heart rate up. So last year when I was pretty damn fit, um, I could average a really high heart rate on race days. You know, I did Rob's taper and, and found myself really able to push quite hard on race days. Where this year, this whole last 10 months, like I just haven't been able to push. I haven't been able to like sustain a high heart rate. When I look back at like the, the long runs I was doing in Font, I was averaging about 165 heart rate or something. And they were really tough days. You know, on Thursday there, I just averaged, I think, 158 or 160, something like that. But, you know, everything I was doing in flag, I was I was getting really tired on these long runs. And, and my heart rate wasn't even that high. I was maybe only averaging like 150 or something like that. And, you know, it felt like really hard work. And, yeah, like, it. so the next chapter I've kind of decided is just like, you know, all these the world now is kind of like this place where like we're all guilty of it but we're always trying to fix ourselves like we're always we're always like think it's not necessarily the grass is greener on the other side but like we always think like oh my god if i was a bit like more settled you know maybe i maybe i wouldn't you know leave altitude camps maybe i wouldn't do this maybe i wouldn't do that but think about it what i used to do was leave an altitude camp which like big fucking deal you left an altitude camp and then I'd come home and like train twice as hard because that was one of my other fucking problems. That was like the insecure thing. That was kind of like, well, shit, you know, you fucked up. So because you fucked up, you better make the most of this new situation that you're in. And like that was my system. But at least it worked. This this system over the last nine months, it didn't work. Being Mr. Content and Mr. Like relaxed and, and, and chilled out and like really happy with everything and it didn't really matter if training went well or you know I kept talking about how like like you know I, I was really happy with how things were going and even when I was having like a bad day or I was struggling to like you know do a tempo run that let's be honest I probably could have done when I was like 17 years of age I like I didn't mind I just focused on like how I'm carrying my arms and relaxing the shoulders and like don't get me wrong there's a lesson to be learned there. And as part of listening to this podcast and this journey, I hope you guys did pick up lessons from that. It's okay on bad days to, you know, focus on something else and the shoulders. And But fuck me, I probably just got to the point where, yeah, I just didn't care if it went well or not. And it's not so much care. It's just like when I, when I first asked the doctor about medication, and I was really fucking excited about this medication because there is days that I literally would be banging my head against the wall because I'd be like struggling with like, yeah, like anxiety or whatever it is, like fear. I don't know. Um, but I did say to him, I was like, what if like, what if you have a really good athlete? And the reason they're really good is because like they're really insecure and because they're really insecure, they train really hard. They never really think they're fit. They never think they're light enough. So, <clears throat> you know, they try to lose weight all the time. And, like, they just push and push and push because they never really believe they're fit enough to race well. And then, like, obviously it comes to a race and they really surprise themselves and they race really, really well. And they're like, holy shit, this whole time I thought I wasn't that fit. But because they thought they weren't that fit, they worked their ass off and, and you know, got results. And then they go speak to the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist like, hey, yeah, I can help with that. And so they put you on this medication and they talk to you and, 
you know, they start to make you feel a lot more secure about yourself. And so like in this new secure state of mind, you're just like, you know what? Like I might be half a stone heavier than I was when I raced really well at London, but like, fuck it, mate. Like, you know, you deserve that pizza. Have a pizza for dinner. You're looking good. You're feeling good. What's half a stone? You know, you also might sit there and you might be in a state of mind that's like, oh, I think I'm pretty fit. Today didn't quite go as well as it usually did, but today is probably just a bad day. I think I'm pretty fit. I probably don't need to go do that double run tonight. And you can see where, like, my concern was. And I I talked about this quite openly on the podcast, that, like, I was quite sad about the fact that I might have to pick running over happiness. I might have to pick these tablets might make it. First of all, I don't think tablets make you happier. I think lifestyle makes you happier. Tablets might help on a chemical level, but they can also fuck a lot of things up on a chemical level. So there's there's pros and cons. But on a chemical level, like what do you think happens when you finish a five or ten mile run? Your chemicals are fucking flying in a good direction. Even when it goes shit, sometimes you sit there and you still feel pretty content that you went and got your run done. At least you did it. Um, in fact, the, the minute that you decide to put your running shoes on, you've overcame something. You've been like, yes, I'm going to fucking do this. I'm not just going to sit here and rest. Um, but yeah, like I, I was, I, you know, I spoke about this in the podcast. They're like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe you just have to pick sport over happiness. Or maybe there was room for, I, I know that some people take medication in their off season and then come the bigger races. And, and what's really interesting with deloxetine is, I had got to the point where every now and again I would skip a tablet and I would genuinely go to bed thinking, right, that's good, I skipped that because I've got a hard day tomorrow. Um, And that's mad, like that's absolutely fucking mad that I even thought like that. But what I should have done was in those last couple of weeks before the Olympics, just stop taking them. But now I've kind of just got, I've got this attitude where I'm like, never again, I'm not touching them. Um, and like, that's deloxetine. The, the tablets that I tried about four months ago, I'm not even going to tell you what happened when I took them. It was, <laughs> it wasn't a good day. Like I, I had a real bad experience on the first lot of antidepressant medication, but look, I'm excited. I, I started tonight's run and I like fucking roared my way down the street, banged my hand against my chest and like felt good about myself. And I felt excited that like, you know, I, I don't I don't mind when I like make mistakes or when I fail or like, you know, like I, I, I actually accepted there was some people giving me a shit time on Twitter and I was like, you know what, you're right. Like I quit like what? And I, and I think people thought I was actually being like a bit sarcastic about that, whereas like I'm actually a quite accountable person. And the reality is I quit. Now, there's a couple of things the people that call you a quitter and stuff like I hope they apply themselves to their job as much as I apply myself to my job. And the next thing would be, I have three boxes, I think, at the Loxetine in the cupboard, about 30, 60, 90 tablets. My housemate, I had left them here, and he took them for a week and could barely fucking leave bed because he felt sick and nausea and all the rest of it. And so I think before you judge, you should probably consider that, you know, it might not have all been me. And and this is where, like, people really fuck up because, like, you have to consider that you're not in that fucking person's head. You're not in that situation. So, like, sometimes mind your own fucking business is probably what I'd say. And, like, I don't go on Twitter and give people a fucking hard time. 
you know, I don't know the last time that I went on Twitter and scrolled and read something that someone said and went, oh, here, I know what I must do. I must be really fucking negative towards this person. Instead of like, Scully, you know what? For the last five years, you've been fucking brilliant. And, and one day you had a shit one. We know you'll bounce back. Well, fucking light bulb moment. That would be pretty fucking nice to say. But I feel like that's where the world's a bit shit sometimes. Like, it's kind of like we forget really quickly. And we do it to ourselves. After the Tokyo Olympics, when I was really sad and upset and, you know, brokenhearted and all these things, I forgot that for fucking five years, I'd killed it. For five years, I'd got better every fucking race. And that's that's fantastic. That's so fucking hard to do. And then not only that, I'm about to sign a brand new deal with Under Armour because they fucking appreciate what I do. Not just the running, not just the race results, the whole impact that you have on the running community. And so, like... We should all just stop giving each other a fucking hard time and start helping each other. Like, that will be a fucking cool world. Um, But, yeah, I'm going to cut. The tablets are pretty much already gone. The only time I take, like, half of one is, like, if I'm having pretty bad withdrawals. And, like, the withdrawals are, like, pretty challenging, pretty tough. Um, And so I reckon for – I really want – I was getting quite excited to do Larn next week. But, honestly, like – I don't know. We'll see. Like I, I did, I did some two mile reps today, and they were they were good. But like, I think the reason I haven't raced is because normally what happens with me is I do about six weeks of training, eight weeks of training, and then if I if I've been pretty disciplined and I'm not drinking, I'm not messing about, I'm sleeping good, and and I'm being disciplined in the sessions. Normally, what happens is I go to a tempo run. And I'm like, fuck, that was really good. And then I get really excited and then I want to race. And I just think for the last nine months, everything's been really fucking ordinary. And because I did a lot of it at altitude, I made up a lot of excuses. Like, you know, I'd be doing like tempo on the treadmill and like it would be pretty fucking shit. And I'd kind of be like, yeah, but it's altitude, like, you know, 7,000 feet. Like maybe that's why you're running at like 520 pace or like 530 pace. And like, Let's be honest, these Kenyans are running like, they run the same speed that we do at sea level at altitude. So like, if you want to be competitive, you you, you got to drop those excuses and you got to be able to do it. So I did a 15 mile tempo run. I started at like, first mile was like 520. Then I was like 510, 505, 505, 505, uh, 503, 502, 455, 455, 452. But I'm not content because I know on that same day, Someone that I'm going to race in Ethiopia and an African in Kenya or Ethiopia will have done probably faster for longer. And so my, you know, the head's down. I'm going to train hard. I'm going to train train well. Um, it's not the Olympics, so I can be a bit more aggressive about the training. Um, you know, I'm I'm I've ran 92 miles in six days. Tomorrow will be about 14, so it should be like 106. And I just plan to keep it there for the next five or six weeks. And then I'll stand on the start line of Boston. And, you know, I'll have done hopefully six weeks above 100 miles instead of like this 75 bullshit and 80. And, and forgive me for saying that because um, I know a lot of people will do a lot less. But remember, this is my job and I'm full time. And, you know, I'm trying to stand on the start line in Boston and race people that might be doing 120, 130. But look, Rome wasn't built in a day. So I, I'm not going to be like, I don't think I'd feel good about myself if I jumped into like 120, 130, because I'd know I was being a bit reckless. So I think by jumping from 80 to 100 is already, you know, a pretty big jump. 
and and you know could be considered a little bit reckless um i'm so like if you understand this saying i'm so thirsty for like a pint of guinness it's so fucking bad but i'm not gonna drink either because i know that it fucks me up pretty good so um and that's going to be my commitment to boston i like i i'll do whatever it takes and you know if it means i have to go to bed tonight at nine o'clock instead of you know hitting the town and um well that's what i'll fucking do um a lot of swearing on this this episode and i you know i'm sorry about that but i, I genuinely am excited um i hope it's because you know um the the drugs are wearing off and I'm getting a little bit of life back in me. Like, it, it was so weird that, like, the more I think about it, like, I don't know how, and this is what athletes do, I don't know how I convinced myself that I was in really good shape or that I was training really well. Like, I look back at the training, and when I look back at the training before London, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, how the fuck did you do that? Like, 20 mile around the lake in, in, in Font Rameau, an average, like, under 520 per mile, and, like, you know, the first couple of mile are pretty slow. And then all of a sudden someone runs a 505 and you're like, holy fuck. And I just, I was just getting on it. And I wasn't even wearing special shoes or anything like that. This was fucking raw. And like, then I look back at like what I did before the Olympics. And the sad thing is, trust me, it it wasn't for a lack of trying. I was trying, you know, like I, I have the same, the same runs in terms of heart rate. I've put in the same amount of time at the same heart rate, but it's just not fucking impressive. What I'm doing isn't impressive, like 620 per mile. Like, there's nothing wrong with 620 per mile, but it's not fucking 520. And I guess because I was doing it on a hillier loop and, you know, it's a slightly higher altitude, I like, I gave myself the benefit of the doubt. But you're a fucking minute per mile slower. Like, wake up, you weren't that fit. And I, I hope to God it's because of the the... the um, pills and and you know now all of a sudden I'm going to be a fucking wrecking ball um but I'm just going to put it down as at the Olympics I was like I don't even know if I was a baby cub I certainly wasn't a lion but maybe I was like a baby cub but I think I was more like a little pussycat I think that's what I'm going to think to myself I was I was one of those um you know the cats that are like it's kind of like kind of look like a little cheetah I can't remember what they're called let me see cat looks like tiger oh yeah there we go it's a little tiger cat and they're called a bengal cat do you know what i'm really excited about i actually didn't have to once i googled it it came to me i'm excited that i didn't have to look um yeah it's like a little bengal cat kind of like has like a little bit of a like growl but like actually like nothing like a lion or a tiger and so i'm hoping that like it's kind of like even if you put a lion that's a fucking machine on like medication like you tamed it down you know it just wouldn't be the same beast and i think that's just what happened like yeah kind of makes a lot of sense but like whether it is or not it's what i've decided is what happened and um i'm I'm kind of pretty good i don't like i fix a lot of things right so i i decide i decide everything was broken this is this this is the moment of inspiration if you fucking run shit take it on the chin blame yourself don't blame everybody else just hold yourself accountable for decisions that you made i decided to take medication i could have done more research 
I should have knew better. I should have raced sooner and had a race sooner. I'd have realized it might have been something to do with the medication. But basically what I do is that moment of when you write it all down, you write what you did well, you write what you didn't do well, you fucking rip the piece of paper up, you throw it in the bin and you start again. And that's what I do really fucking well. And I, and I fix about 10 things, even the things that I did well, I decide I can do that better. And then I do it better. And then it usually produces a really good result. So, you know, the year's not done yet. There's still a couple of races to go. I might look at something like Great North Run. But the problem with, like, racing the half is, you know, you you have to taper quite a bit before it. And then you have to rest quite a bit after it. And, like, my problem is I know I need to race more. But one of the other problems with the Olympics was I know I didn't run enough miles. So what I could do is race a half marathon but not taper and maybe that's the answer um so yeah look we'll we'll see like we'll see where it goes from here um you know i i would expect another podcast pretty soon um because i i I am pretty pumped i am pretty excited um and i felt fucking class on my run tonight i think i was running like i don't know like a couple of six tens a couple of six twenties and rather than like seven minute mile pace and dying so that was quite a nice feeling yeah there's a little 608 Woo. 608, 616, just chilling. But like, yeah, there's some runs I've been doing and I felt absolutely tragic, but I kind of expect that because when you just come off the um like the deluxe the team, that's gonna happen. Um there's gonna be like days where you just feel absolutely tragic. Um but yeah, today was pretty good. Three times two mile. Um I think I was like four forty four four forty five pace, like I was on the track and it was pissing it down rain and really wet so um that didn't help but i ran like pretty much like 71 per lap 71 72 per lap um and and that's not bad after the you know the longer um progressive type long run on thursday there um so this week's going to be a fart like on tuesday no no no. tuesday's going to be track reps 600s and then thursday's going to be a 20 miler similar to the 15 miler but probably not as aggressive like maybe like between five minutes to 520 so like i'll probably start at like 520 and then keep it at 520 for a couple of miles i need to be more patient in those long runs like i'm just eager to to push (laughs) and i need to be like better at like maybe for the first couple of miles just like cruising along at like 520 and then start to creep it down to like five o's um and then i'll get to 20 rather than like i was supposed to do 18 on thursday and by the time i got to 15 i'd already started breaking five minute mile pace and i was like all right steven um i think you should call it a day because you've you've pushed this pretty hard (coughs) it's funny when i talk quite a lot i still cough a bit um yeah i think that's all i don't really have much else to say um but yeah you know i hope there was something in that that you know you can take away and it's not just me blabbing on about excuses (laughs) um but yeah look take care and um you know thanks as always scully